Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast, the podcast that helps you stay inside with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra. Ready to jump back into our Days of Red Stars past rewatch series. We're going to be doing the long-awaited Kristen Press episode, guys. We're very excited to get into this episode. There's a lot to talk about, so I'm here tonight with my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins. AKA the scam originator. How are you doing today, Claire? I'm good. Well, I'm not good, but I'm I feel I feel ready, ready to have a good conversation with my friend Sandra tonight. Yeah, I think this is gonna be similar to the FC Casey episode. This is uh gonna be a real like for us moment, as much as it is maybe for others kind of moment. Uh we both agreed that we wanted to sort of um preface this episode with the acknowledgement of all of the things that are going on around us right now um the cities that are uh, going through it and we're referencing the murder of george floyd at the hands of minneapolis police and um we couldn't in good conscience get on you know hop onto this pod and start talking about one of the greatest soccer players to play in Chicago um, who refers to herself as a proud black woman and uh, not address this. So our hearts are with uh, the family and loved ones of George Floyd and uh, the wonderful black community who are um, doing their best as they've always tried to do. And um, there's a number of I think a number of different uh, petitions and a number of different uh, links floating around for donations uh, for people who are interested. And uh, we will do our best to try to link those in the episode description. If people haven't uh, been able to find a way to try to participate and uh, show their support. And um, so look for those when the episode drops, if you're looking for a way to try to reach out and help and uh, support. So uh, with that, I am very excited to discuss the Chris and Press era on the Chicago Red Stars. You ready to do this, Claire? I am. We should also probably mention that there is going to be more soccer in the future. I mean, we're telling people things that they already know. We're about to say a thing that you guys already know, which is why Sandra, I know I'm being annoying, actually, because Sandra was going to let it go. But I'm going to be like, well, it is happening. Um, yeah, it's a thing that's going to occur. Yeah, it's going to occur. So the NWSL announced this week that they will be hosting a tournament starting on June 27th in Utah. Um, they're going to play soccer games in the midst of a pandemic. And the, the reason, I mean, we, you guys, we, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Uh, soccer's going to happen. Soccer's going to happen. You guys get It's not going to be what you news, think. <laughs> right. You guys get the breaking news when it happens. And, and that's what Twitter is for. And there are people who have more means and more, time devoted to this that are able to do a better job honestly of summing it all up for you so you should look at the work of Jeff Kasuf at the Equalizer and you should look at the work of Meg Linehan at the Athletic because those are the two people that you really should be getting your information from um they've been on top of this and and they've been trying to get that information out obviously when we get more information about 
anything, we will talk about it. Um, we honestly haven't gotten a lot of Red Stars news in relation to this. Uh, not a lot of information about where they're training or how. Um, and, you know, we're going to get roster news in the next couple of weeks. And we'll obviously be talking about that when it happens. But um, not the priority right now, honestly. We'll, we'll get there. Uh, let us have a dang weekend uh, to talk about Kristen Press, please. Yeah. yeah, that's what we want to talk about. I mean, it's hard to, I mean... We're still waiting on, we know there's, uh, soccer's going to come back for NWSL. It's going to be in a tournament style format. They're calling it the Challenge Cup. And it's going to kick off in like the very last two days remaining in June and go all the way through the July. And that's really all we know. So until we get some more information for you guys, like, I don't know, uh, rules and actual official schedule, uh, rankings for teams, which we don't even have, um, and any other little fun tidbits, uh, we will have like an actual episode dedicated to that for all of you in the future and um, talk about like how the red stars might fare in that. And um, we're also going to have with this episode, it's going to sort of start um, phasing out our series, right? We, during the time of COVID-19, we decided to jump into the type of content that we jumped into in terms of uh, going back and, and doing this rewatch along with all of you. Um, and now with the news that soccer is going to happen in 2020 for NWSL, we have to try to bring that to a close. So this episode that we're going to do talking about Chris the Press is going to be the beginning and the end of that series. Um, we're going to have this episode and then we will do a little bit of a semifinals episode for you guys as well. And then we will probably have that Utah Tournament Challenge Cup episode for you guys as well. So some good stuff is going to be coming your way. Uh, as we kind of put all this to a close. Yeah, and, and real quick before we before we dive in, um, you know, it's been a kind of an uncertain time for all of us. And, and I know Sandra and I are, are both very proud of the way that we've continued to try to, you know, make stuff for you guys during this time when there hasn't been a lot of, of news and certainly not good news. And um, I just want to say thank you to everybody who stuck with us and who's engaged with us and, and been positive and been a positive part of this community. Cause if, if we don't have that, you know, we can't do this. And, and I think that now that there is, the thing is, is we don't really know what's going to happen, right? Like we we think there's going to be soccer, but you know, there are a lot of ways where that could go very wrong and, and we wouldn't. And we also don't know what happens after the end of July, but um, it's, it feels very good to feel like we've maintained this community during this time. And we want to do a good job of kind of closing this chapter of what we've been making uh, and just finish out really strong. And I think that this is a good way to start doing that. Absolutely. I would, I like to, um, I know like when we were kind of did this opening right now for you guys, and we're going to get into the episode talking about all this good stuff in terms of the era in which Kristen press played in here in Chicago. Um, but Claire and I were speaking a little bit off mic and to just sort of kind of bridge these things together in terms of our current, um, you know, social political climate in terms of things that are going on there and talking about this particular player in Kristen presence. It's just sort of bring what we were discussing off mic onto this episode and looking at our outlines of like what we wanted to talk about when it came to Kristen press um, and sort of thinking about, my current experiences covering the Red Stars specifically and how in doing this uh, rewatch series, 
kind of having to go back and relive the experiences of covering some of these games um, because I've been doing that since 2016 and being able to cover a player like uh, Kristen Press and, um, you know, whether that was getting in press conferences or mix zones with her, but really, really just getting to watch her play live uh, was an amazing experience and being able to sort of analyze that and take that in firsthand coupled with, um, getting to uh, speak with players and get their perspectives on their games and stuff like that was really something special. And for Kristen Press, um, to, again, to bridge all this together, and this is actually kind of a little, maybe a little bit of a downer for some some folks, but for me, um, in covering the Red Stars and my introduction to Kristen Press so long ago, uh, happened around a very similar time, sadly. Um, it's sad. It was very sad for me to think about and prep for this episode and think about this particular moment in the past in relation to what's going on now. Because years ago, uh, in 2016, um, while the Red Stars were putting together one of their better seasons, right, in their club history, uh, the United States women's national team was also prepping for an Olympics in 2016 in, in Brazil. And that included a United States women's national team friendly against South Africa and Chicago and went, in, went ahead and I covered that. Um, this was in the midst of, of the season being kicked off in NWSL. And back then, just like there is now, uh, there was a number of headlines, very tragic headlines. Um, the Orlando Pulse shooting had just taken place. There was another very tragic yet similar uh, viral video that went around uh, with Fernando Castile, who was also murdered uh, by police. And all of this was just one thing after the other, kind of how it feels now, right guys? So at the time, Sydney LaRue was a very prominent figure on the United States women's national team. And she was uh, one of the very few black players on the team at the time. And at the time she went ahead and wrote a blog post about everything that had been occurring and how she felt to that personally as, as a black woman. And uh, it was very profound and I, I'm not too sure if it's actually still there on her website. If it is, feel free. Uh, but it was very, very moving. And I, I had the uh, very fortunate and privileged opportunity to be able to speak with Crystal Dunn and Kristen Press sort of about that blog post in particular. And I remember Kristen Press just sort of uh, giving this very eloquent and very just sort of Kristen Press-like loving and healing answer and response to that type of question in regards to like the blog post and everything that had been happening around. And she ultimately ended it with saying that she really wanted to see, you know, a world where young people can wake up and feel comfortable in their own skin. And I just remember being, uh, yes, impressed by that, but also just taken aback because you just, in those moments, players really allow themselves to be seen. And I appreciated seeing Kristen Press in that moment. And so it's just a little, yes, it's very sad that as we're jumping into this episode, and I'm remembering one of my very first interactions with Kristen Press as media, that we're still having to navigate our way through systematic racist issues in America. So, <clears throat> shout out to Kristen Press. 
on a media aspect for always being very cool uh, and willing to answer a question like that. Uh, because too often, especially when it comes to athletes and athletes of color specifically, they're put in positions to sort of lead by example and carry that burden. Um, so I appreciate for her, uh, her candor in those moments and uh, being so chill about that. Yeah. Um, there, there are athletes, um, there are white athletes who never get asked questions like that. And sometimes when they are, uh, they have no answer. <laughs> because it's not a thing that they've ever thought about. Um, and I think there's a lot of space for athletes to be focused and to be good at the thing that they do and not necessarily expected to be eloquent in these moments, but black athletes are. And I think that it's maybe a good segue to say that the way that Kristen Press was always very thoughtful um, in those moments and continues to be, uh she's a smart player she is someone who thinks a lot about a lot of things and that was always who she was for the red stars um you know we've talked about a little bit in 20 you know we've, we've done the big 2014 2015 episodes and we talked about how the team changed when she joined and um part of that just was this progression of we had a very early NWSL team where everything was very physical. I mean, the whole league was very physical. It wasn't just the Red Stars, but um, there was this excitement around bringing press in because she was considered this kind of quick, smart, cerebral Euro, I say in quotations, type player. <laughs> Um, part of which was because she fucking wrecked Sweden the year before. She scored like 24, 25 goals in the Swedish yeah. league the year prior. Um, and so she just was doing insane numbers over in Europe. And then when she came over, um, it, it became this, this um, progression of where you're like, yes, yeah, so she can do all this stuff over in Europe that's great. Can she do it here where we're punching each other in the face every day? Um, and the answer ultimately was yes, um, for a club level, certainly for the, for Chicago. And, and so all of those things that Kristen press is off the field, um, you saw a lot of that same element on the field when she came to play for Chicago. Kristen press made her arrival as we've noted in some of these games that we did earlier, we started watching, uh, rewatching games for everybody. I mean, all the way back from that inaugural game in 2013 and then throughout um, the various seasons to date. Uh, so we have sort of addressed Kristen Press and her arrival to the Red Stars, which officially took place mid-season of 2014. And what we did was uh, because we sort of, went through a number of these games early on for the viewing posts for our patrons. Uh, we went ahead and put some links to a number of highlights and we specifically stood within the eras of 20 of her eras of 2014 all the way through to 2017. So we gave highlights of 2014, 15. And for anyone who was interested in actual like full length games, the ones that we wanted you guys to maybe take a look at were ones in particular in 2016 and in 2017. So this episode is going to probably have a very similar vibe. If you listen to the FC Kansas City episode, where we're going to be talking about Kristen Press in a much more 
kind of a holistic sense. Uh, but there are some games that we are going to be referencing. And if you are annoyed with us by us only referencing very specific moments, it's because we put out that viewing guy and those are the ones we'll probably um, be referencing. But Claire, I know that you did a very cool thing in your notes. If you can just sort of give that top overview of like the goals and over the years. Yeah, yeah. I think that'd be a really cool way for us to just transition into the soccer portion of yeah. Kristen Pratt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as, as you guys may or may not know, um, Opta stats, which provides the stats for the league only goes back to 2016, um, (laughs) on the league website. It's not great. Uh, so my 2014, 2015 stats are what I found, um, on the internet. I, I don't know if they're true. I'm not sure if they're substantiated, but here's what I have, which is that in 2014, uh, Kristen press had six goals in 12 games. In 2015, they said she had 10 goals in 11 games. Is that possible? It actually is possible. I am here to say that, yes, that's true. She absolutely did that. That's insane. Um, She would have been on, if if, uh, the World Cup didn't happen, it's almost like she would have been on par to get a goal a week. That's crazy. It's insane. Um, In 2016, she had nine goals in 15 games. And then in 2017, she had 11 goals in 24 games. So if you look at the arc of the goals she was scoring, um, 2015 was the truly insane breakout season. But I mean, we will, we'll talk about this a little bit. Part of that also has to do with her role with the team and who else was playing for the team and what was asked of her. And we talked about this in the context of Sam Kerr, which is the reason Sam Kerr scored so many goals last year was because the red stars were set up to feed her to score goals. That was the the point. It meant the machine was working. And so, um, with press, it's a similar thing where she had a couple different things asked of her over her tenure with the Red Stars. Um, press was not she. I, maybe I'll just say this: that um, in 2017, 11 goals in 24 games, which is not obviously quite the rate that we were seeing in in a, a season like 2015. But that was also the year that she got her most assists for the Red Stars with four. So um, it indicates kind of the arc of what she was doing with and for the team um, at that time. But that's an insane amount of goals. Her percentage, as, as I understand it, um, Sam Kerr obviously has the highest per 90 goal percentage in the league. Um, insane numbers. But behind her is Kristen Press. So, yeah. so without that big Sam Kerr-sized hole there, Kristen Press is one of the most efficient goal scorers um, in NWSL history. So that you know, just plays out in her stats as a goal scorer. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, some, I like the, um, the highlights specifically that we chose to highlight these early years because uh, we have a highlight from uh, 2014 and then we've got three specific <laughs> goals and stuff that happened in 2015. And I really love these particular highlights. The, the first one is just like nostalgic because she just like, totally wrecks Seattle, right, in her first Red Stars goal. And then I'm going to let you talk about all the goals, actually. But I like these other three goals because, for me, I at the time when I was, like, starting to cover the Red Stars and as we went from 2015 to 16, I would refer to Kristen Press as primetime press because she just had this ability to be this showstopper where she would just come in and just steal something in late second halves of games and in 2015 there were <laughs> three specific games where she had 90 plus minutes like time stoppage stoppage time goals um but to just sort of hash out that first goal 
Can you walk me through that very first? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Sandra was reacting to me on the video, like holding my finger up, like when she mentioned that first press goal, because I, the thing that I, the feeling that I had upon watching that 2014 <laughs> game against the rain and then the 2015 game also against the rain, which is the like, God, the 2014, 2015 Seattle rain were annoying. Like they were so annoying. <laughs> Like, like they, annoyingly good. Oh, like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, all respect, 100% yeah. respect. But like Megan Rapino, I mean, there's people refer to Club Pino. She was like Club Pinoing out. She was like throwing <laughs> people against the boards and like throwing uh, herself on the ground. And every time they scored, they were like, yes, righteous victory. And you're just like, okay, we get it. You're good. And um, so press <laughs> being the person. So, and, and for, you know, for a while, there was a time when Chicago might have not been able to come back from that, but that's exactly who Press was. And guys, Kristen Press against Hope Solo was good shit. Oh my gosh, sparks flying! Like, like the yeah. the first game that we're highlighting this 2014 game, the Red Stars don't even win it; they just steal a draw in Memorial, which again the rain had a complex about at the time because they hadn't lost at Memorial in like ever, and so the rain were so pissed that Chicago stole a point from that game which is like that's why they're winners I respect it a ton but it was cool to have that press moment facilitate the kind of momentum shift there where the rain were really winning the game for much of the game and then press kind of snipes this this equalizer um, against Hope Solo and she does the same thing in 2015 um, except the I think the Chicago wins that 2015 game and so um that was cool because yes you know we have a million soccer reasons why Kristen Press was very good but the idea that she was someone that could go up against who was considered to be the best team in the NWSL far and away and just be like mm, but we're good too yeah, <laughs> uh, was was very cool and and goes to show how and we're going to talk about this a lot I think that part of Kristen Press's legacy with the Red Stars uh, for better or for worse, is that she really made her teammates believe that they deserved, like, the best. Like, they deserved to win every game, and they deserved to be in the playoffs and win in the playoffs. Um, what You know, it didn't happen, but um, that kind of heightened awareness of who she was, how well she plays, and how well her team should play is a big part of the maturity of the NWSL Red Stars. And so even those early games against the rain where you see a team at their most mature, you see press being like, now nah, we got that too. You just wait. I think, um, you know, and I think there might be people who might counter counter argue that and say like, well, like when a player like Kristen press, you know, came over to end saw in the red stars, it's like, Oh, it's not like she was just like super old veteran player. And it's like, no, like that's not no, no, no. what we're saying. But what I think, you had a player who was coming into the Red Stars that had a number of very young, like first year professionals, like out of college, maybe second year sophomores, right, um, in NWSL. And in terms of the soccer that she had been playing up until that point, definitely gave her a leverage in terms of soccer IQ. I would also just say emotionally, anybody who survived the folding of the WPS and then went to Europe and then came back is a veteran, if not in years, but in maturity. They had already gone through, Alyssa Motts is the same. They had already gone yeah. through so much by the time they even got to the early NWSL 
you know, regardless of how old they were in numbers, I, I just think that they're, they are just people who had lived through some stuff and that also, um, you know, influenced the way that they played. Oh, absolutely. And I think, um, I know I referenced the Sydney LaRue blog, but, you know, Kristen Price, when she, you know, quote unquote, came home, right, came back to the States and to play in NWSL Chicago, I mean, that was a big move for her. I mean, she was still like coming, yeah, coming back to the States, but she was still like a Cali kid away from home, you know, in the cold Midwest and, you know, being asked a lot of really. Um, Rory Dames during this time had, you know, gone on record a few times and Kristen Press, when she came back, actually had a blog of her own to sort of help her get through things and um, acknowledge that she was kind of tasked with that a little bit in terms of helping a young team kind of grow up and play grown-up soccer, you know, and uh, the concept of playing sophisticated soccer, right, and doing that. And um, to be tasked with that, you know, to be asked to sort of be like a face of the team, um, you know, is a big responsibility, you know. And um, I think with these types of goals, I love that they all just happen to be the 90-minute stoppage time goals because I think we hear a lot about – we hear a lot about Chicago, right, in terms of what makes up their DNA. You know, these sort of hardworking, blue-collar, gritty grinders. Like, we hear all those euphemism, right, all those, all those tropes. But that only happens if you get the ball in the back of the net and you actually either A, win the game, or equalize, you know, or it's some type of way. And that happened so often because of Kristen Press. Um, let me see here. It's uh, We talked about that first goal going against her first goal in 2014 against Hope Solo. And then we had the 2015 90th minute game winner also against Hope Solo. There was a 90th minute game winner against Boston Breakers in 2015. And then there was a yeah, guess it was in there. And then a 2015, a late last uh, regular season home game before they went to the semifinal against Houston Dash. And they were losing this very terrible game. It was a terrible game. Um, did not – no one played well on this day. And yet somehow they were down 1-0 for what felt like forever. And Kristen Press made sure they walk away with a point in, in the equalizing. They walked away with a 1-1 draw to close up their season before they went into that semifinal. This all happened in 90th minute stoppage time. And it's just like, of course, of course that happened. Yeah, I mean, I think – you know, we'll talk about this. Well, the thing I want to say, actually, before we, we dive into what happened, you know, kind of transitioning into 2016, 2017, but I'm always struck um, when I watch these old games. Uh, we've talked about this before, honestly, when we were talking about 2015. Jen Hoy, Kristen Press and Jen Hoy up at the top of that 4-4-2 were really good together. Like, it, and, and, and it didn't always function in that they were, like, it was clear, like, they were assisting each other, but the way both of them were so fast, like Kristen Press, God, she's so fast now, but she was so fast in 2014, 2015. I think that 2015 game against Seattle that Chicago wins, she torches the Seattle back line. Like they don't, they, they don't respect her speed enough and they, she, they get on her shoulder and she turns them and then she's gone. Um, 
but so so that is interesting as we talk about kind of the function of who press was and who she played with early on it was a lot of work between her and jen hoy and jen hoy you know i, I was looking at her stats too actually just like trying to kind of figure it out and I mean, to be honest, in 2016, 2017, her stats were pretty average. Um, I wish we had more complete things from 2014 and 2015 because I think what she was doing for that team in those two years was deeply underrated and just so capable. She's a smart player, obviously Princeton. But, um, and, and I think that she and Press up top uh, were very cool. And I think that if that was a kind of tandem that you saw today, um, it would be getting a lot of attention. And so I, I, I really enjoyed seeing the way that those two played with each other um, back then. Uh, and then kind of tying it in more into the, you know, 2016 stuff like that, you know, I think <laughs> we always have to be careful because, because there is a lot of discussion about Kristen Press as a player. She's someone who's been in the spotlight for a long time. Um, and the thing that people say is, is she a big game player, right? And for the Red Stars, yes, like always. Yeah. It was never a question of she didn't, she didn't get frustrated. Oh, man, that's a thing that is it's so incredible to think about now, the way that she would not get flustered during club games when you see it so often from the greatest of players even today and how she was always looking for that moment. And, and I think that, I think that, and what we can talk about this, you know, a little bit, um, the international conversation, I think really overshadowed what she was doing for the Red Stars, especially in 2015, 2016, because those are major tournament years. And 2015, honestly, Kristen Press, she plays so well in that group game against Australia in the 2015 World Cup, and that was a tough game. If the U.S. doesn't win that game, things go very differently for them, and they did not play that well, and they, there's no guarantee they win that game. And Press played out wide, which was not where she played for her club team, and she did a good job, and then she kind of didn't play all that much for the rest of the tournament, and I know that that was personally disappointing for her, and she's scoring 10 out of 11 games in the league the same year. So the, even the, the conversation of, of the mid decade, Kristen press is always like, she's uh, you know, she is the leader, the goal scorer, the top person for the red stars, but she's not getting us time. So what is the disconnect there? You know, as we're, as we're segueing from 2015 into 2016, you know, and again, when we preface this episode with everything going on, and I reference a quote that she was willing to share from 2016 was for that Olympics, right? So there were a number of players coming out of that 2015 World Cup who sort of had the spotlight on them, right? Heading into the Olympics, and Crystal Dunn was one of those players, you know. Um, Julie Ertz was one of those players, you know, coming off of the very, you know, a young player coming off of the type of World Cup that she had. Um, Kristen Press, you know, was, was one of those players, Morgan Bryan, et cetera, right? So entering 2016, the Red Stars ending their season the way that they ended their season uh, in a very sad semifinal in 2015, um, a very young team lost against a very uh, smart, experienced team in 2015 
and um, they took that with them in 2016. We've spoke a little bit about that on the Kansas City episode. Uh, we spoke about the final, that semifinal a little bit when um, John Halloran was our guest for, you know, an episode or two. And we even joked a little bit about it with Rory Dames when we had that interview with him about that 2015 semifinal, that a number of things came out of that season in 2015 and in that semifinal specifically in terms of the ways that they got exposed, right? in areas that they needed to work on. And they tried to address those, you know, in terms of, you know, getting a player like uh, Casey Short, getting a keeper like Alyssa Nair, uh, making the mid-season trade for a player like Stephanie McCaffrey, doing, doing these things, right? Putting, putting themselves together to continue uh, to compete. You know, now that they had reached, you know, that level, knowing that they could get there, like what could they do to possibly advance, right? So 2016, was really like going to be this this year and Orlando Pride also <laughs> entered the picture in 2016 so for the games that we gave uh, everyone on our viewing guide for 2016 we sort of went through a, an era we went through a really early game and then we went through very very late games so the very the game that we have is a May 1st game in 2016 where they take on Orlando Pride in Bridgeview and then we have a game for you all in September, uh, September 4th in 2016, where Kristen Press um, converts a PK post-Olympic. So I really love that May 1st game. Um, just sort of that goal that happens with Kristen Press against Orlando. It's like this really long set piece that happens. It's just like hurled from like the halfway line. And Kristen Press just has like the ability, agility and presence of mind to just be able to somehow control this ball and connect on it and put it away. It was great, great goal. And like really the only goal that they needed because they ended up getting the win on that goal on that day. And it was so, so, so dope. And it was just like, um, one of those things, it's like, it's kind of a throwback over your, it happened off a of set piece, which was kind of wild, but similar concept. We saw similar concepts, um, in terms of the Red Stars playing style during 2016, because they had just moved from Benedictine into SeatGeek. So the concept of still playing very direct, right. And very North and South was still very much in play for the Red Stars, even though they were in a very a new soccer-specific stadium. Um, so just because this sort of came off a of long ball off a of set piece, that wasn't, didn't necessarily mean that that's the one and only time that happened. I mean, we saw that a lot. We saw a lot of long ball to Kristen Price and her time when she was with the Red Stars. Yeah, it is interesting how um, the kind of stereotypes of Press's play have continued on that are mostly informed from, like, 2013. <laughs> And I yep. guess, you know, 2018, she played in Europe for a little bit, but um, it's kind of what I was saying, like at the beginning, like this, there was this question of like, can she, can she do it when she's getting kicked in the head? Can she do it when she's getting shoved to the ground? And the answer for the Red Stars for the most part was yes. Like that was not a big concern, um, which is, I again, kind of what I'm saying, where like this, this idea that she wasn't, that she isn't the right kind of player for for the U.S. national team was always an interesting one and one that, you know, lasted for a long time. Um, yeah, 
<laughs> the, the Red Stars don't score on set pieces a ton. So that goal was great. Um, and, and also like, you know, you want to, you want to beat you want to beat the expansion team when they come to your place. And a funny thing that came up actually a lot during the Kristen press era games was that the Red Stars had some trouble winning at home. Um, they got like, they were pretty good at winning on the road and they had some trouble winning at home. So, um, that was a thing. Yeah, it was a thing. And so I think that that was also, was also good. And just another example of, of, if there's a person that you're looking towards to like give you a little bit of magic when you need it, that's who she was for the team. Um, and yeah, I, 2015, 2016 was so interesting because there, the 2016 U S squad, um, definitely had some big changes from the 2015 squad. A lot of people retired after 2015 and there was this idea of opportunity and change and, in retrospect, honestly, it was a deeply flawed squad. There, there, you know, there were a lot of a lot of things um, about that U.S. team that didn't necessarily set them up for success. I am personally of the opinion. I'm going to be completely honest. I don't think them tying that game against Sweden was a huge deal. I think it sucks when you're in a knockout tournament. It doesn't mean they're bad. Whatever. Um, but yeah. I think that soccer, baby. Yeah, it's just soccer. I don't know. I'm not a person who lives or dies on that one Sweden game. I think that yes, there were big flaws in that squad, and there were definitely flaws in the the tactical area. But I don't rate that game a ton. Pia, man, she's good. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Was able to. Yeah. Yeah. And figure and, it out. She yeah. was like, I know what to do. Yeah, and it's I just know an, what to do against this team. Right. And it is just an an unfortunate um, continuation of the narrative that press missed that penalty kick during that game. Um, She makes a lot of penalties. She missed that one. She, she made some penalties for for the red stars. It's like, that was the thing that came out of that. Right. You know, Alex Morgan missed one too, but it was like, Chris and press was like the do or die PK. So that was sort of what people kind of wrote on right back home. Um, but yeah, that May 1st game against Orlando happens. We had that up there for you guys to watch. <laughs> the Olympics happen in the summer. And uh, then the United States, they come back. They come back earlier than they're supposed to. Um, again, more discourse with that. There were some players who went back to their teams, you know, later rather than some others who went sooner. Um, Kristen Press found herself with an opportunity in front of her for her club team on September 4th. And uh, she was. The a PK was awarded to the Red Stars due to the work from Casey Short. She ends up uh, playing in this game, runs all the way down the flank, um, and then gets challenged very poorly and gets taken down in the box. And uh, Kristen Price is asked to step up and take this PK. And I remember being at this game and just the deafening silence that was taking place. It was like a very, like, like quiet supportive silence everyone was just kind of like good good vibes and energies only and it doesn't have to happen with your voice so there was a lot of quietness and then Kristen Press went ahead and converted to PK and there was a lot of joy that happened after she went ahead and nailed that yeah um I, yeah just while you were talking I was just thinking about how and, and you talked about this at, at the beginning of the episode about how 20 you know the funny thing about the memories of 2016 
whether it was the U.S. women's national team crashing out of Rio or that heartbreaking semifinal after a really good Red Star season against a team that was not better than them. Um, and, and also, the summer of 2016 was hell. It yeah. was hell. And, yeah. it, you know, sports are not life, but you experience them both at the same time. And so much of that summer, I actually spent almost all of that summer in Ohio. Um, and that was a very complicated, difficult thing for me. And I was working a pretty stressful job and um, I could only kind of watch things intermittently, the Rio Olympics and stuff like that. I didn't actually watch the second half of uh, this, the game that the U.S. lost because I, I had to go into work and I, I found out this is like a, a real aside, but I found out that um, they lost at intermission of the pit orchestra job that I was working. And so I had to then go sit in a dark theater and, and play show tunes while thinking about uh, the destruction of all things good. Uh, so, nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, so, so you're right in that when we talk about this time and, and these complicated feelings about the 2016 team, because they were so much better. And about Kristen Press, who was such a lightning rod for conversation. And the fact that Megan Rapino knelt at Toyota Park that summer, and that opened up all of this discourse about kneeling during the anthem. And that was a Chicago Red Stars game. That summer was awful. And I, I think that, you know, it's all tied into this feeling of, what what about this team you know do you support and that makes you feel better and I think the fact that 2016 was so complicated for Kristen Press not only for the U.S. but also for the Red Stars because like I said that the way that season ended was tough um was indicative of a human experience that I found very relatable and that I very much felt on the journey with and I think that that is one of the seasons that really kind of tied my allegiances to this team. Um, because if everything was great all the time, it wouldn't feel like life. And, and if sports, that's not what I want from sports. I don't need to be crushing all the time. I want to, I want to feel the ups and downs the same way I do just like as a person. And in that way, I very much attached myself actually to the career of Kristen Press because she was ours, right? And there was a lot of conversation about who she was and how she played. And um, I was like, well, fuck it. She's a Chicago Red Star and she's great. And she does a great job. Um, And so 2016 is and was a complicated year. And that is where we're going to leave off for this part one of our episode, looking back on the Chicago Red Stars career of Kristen Press. Hope you guys enjoyed We will be back in a couple of days with part two. I also dropped some links into the description of some good organizations who are looking for restorative justice um, for police brutality and uh, for the Black Lives Matter movement. And so if you guys have the means to donate or even just want to learn more, um, I laid out some resources for you guys. So stay safe out there, uh, stay well, and we will see you guys soon.